Amen, brother. Amen. Amen. <laughs> How do they do it in England, Frank? Doing all right, mate. Cold, rainy. <laughs> but other You're than that, to say I'm trying... amen. Oh, a- amen. Um, there, we there, go. Yeah. there you go. There you go. We'll we'll get to the Anglican Church later. Hang on. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Ah, uh, welcome to Calling All Beings One Hundred. Uh, it's taken us two years, and I want to say, let's see. August, September, October, November, two years and four months to get mm. here. Uh, luckily, I had that many fingers to count on. Uh, but we're here, uh, Nathan. So, um, and Mick, by the way, if you want to jump on, baby, I will send you the link DM in Twitter and you could jump on and speak British with Frank. We brought somebody on. So, in case there's any interpretation needed, we got a translator. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's even got the headset on. It's like we're at the, the, those trials in The Hague, you know? So anyway, <laughs> the Slobodan Milosevic trial. Anyway, um, so <laughs> that's a deep cut right there. The Slobodan Milosevic trial was a deep callback cut. Okay, that's oh, uh, that's that's what that's he's paying one. me for. That's a good one. So we uh, wanted to talk to you guys about uh, what we intended to do when Nathan and I collaborated and started the show and build out the rest of the cast from there and although i could you know start right here i think nobody better to do it than uh the man that we call nft monet money nathan all right thanks dj uh okay so first of all i mean i can't believe it i don't know how the time went as fast as it did 100 episodes and to be technical we've we've done a little bit more than 100 if you count the round tables that we've done and a little bit of the smaller episodes but in terms of the ones we've been itemizing this is our hundredth show and it's just incredible that we've got this much content that we've created the uh, to start at the beginning you know where it all began there it was uh, kind of a a weird uh, confluence of events that, that occurred so i i was a, a fan of we're all fans of course of that ufo podcast with andy mcgrillen and uh, had been kind of a patron of his podcast an, av- an avid listener and uh, also in active in his Discord. And uh, one day, I can't, it might have been a Friday, it must have been on the weekend, uh, a link kind of popped up in the Discord that, that said, Andy, and I'm chatting with this guy, DJ, on his podcast. If anybody, any of my listeners want to jump on and have a chat with us about UFOs, you know, come on and do that. So uh, I jumped into that. That's where I met you. That's where, and we had a nice little conversation. And from there, we just started hitting it off and talking about what if we, created our own show and that was something i'd kind of mold around a little bit i know that you had been doing shows for years i mean you have been doing your mma thing and nba thing for a long time you knew more about how to do the podcast and just kind of the repetition all that kind of stuff i had no idea just trying to get into it try to have that conversation in a public way and 
it was important to me that if I was going to do it and if I was going to do it with you, DJ, that we were going to do it in a way that was authentic to who we were. Uh, important to me that we kind of try to be our real selves on the show. And, uh, you know, for those of you who know me, you know, all of you guys do, you know, it's important to me that we treat people well. That's like a kind of core principle that I have, you know, that, that we that we honor our guests when they're here, their family, you know, kind of like the Olive Garden. I don't have the unlimited breadsticks, but when you're here, you're family, baby. Uh, and salad. <laughs> and a salad. That's right. And so, you know, I want it to be a welcoming place where we can just have a, a conversation. And uh, there's a lot of content. Uh, look, I... It's an honor to me that anybody would spend time listening to us talk because there's so many things to choose from. I have trouble keeping up with it. I know all of you guys do too, as well. It's just an honor that anybody spends time listening to what you create. And, and I want to respect that time that when people spend time with us, that it's, it's time that they feel like is well spent, that it's a conversation that they feel in some way a part of, that we're people that that are having chats just like they would want to have a chat if they just could get together with people of, of similar persuasion in their neighborhood, at their local pub, whatever. Uh, we try not to be too uh, fancy, right? We try not to put on too, too many airs, uh, not think that we're bigger than we really are. We're, we're just trying to keep it real and uh, keep it lively. It's a fun mix, and it's evolved, as you know, evolved over those 100 episodes in many different ways. And it's still evolving. I mean, this is a lot of, uh, you know, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of thought. Uh, we try to approach this uh, with a with a fresh perspective every time we do an episode to see what we can do and what we can do better. It's uh, a work in progress, as we all should be. So that's a little bit about the show. Uh, what about you, DJ? I mean, give me your thoughts thinking back about what we got started and what you wanted to do and, and where we are now. Well, first of all, I'm, I'm glad Frank's back on camera because I thought the Vikings had made their way to the Northwest and got him. So I'm glad <laughs> that he came back and that yeah, you know, it's a relief. he and Utrid were able to. So good. Uh, but in, in, in the chat, hi, Julie. Uh, we're going to get to you. And I want to say hi to Mick. Thank you so much for always being here. Uh, Paranormal Pixie Lara, I believe, is our Albuquerque homegirl. It's so great to see you here as well. Um, so, yeah, like Nathan said, the most important thing after that initial episode is I said, hey, I'm going to contact you about us doing, doing you know, maybe uh, collaborating on some episodes or something. And, and when we started to talk and then we realized, hey, I think we're going to have a show. It was what's important to you and what's important to me. And we realized that those things lined up and that, you know, there'd be a little bit of comedy, but there'd be seriousness. But most importantly, what he said, Nathan said earlier, we were going to treat all the guests with regard and respect. And we were not going to try to be hard hitting journalists trying to tear something out of them. Uh, we felt like that would have diminishing returns. And the community has proven that out by and large. Um, we are not the most important show. We're not the most listened to show. We're not the best show. Uh, we're not the most greatest show or honest show or whatever. We're just a show that represents us as, as folks and how we'd like to treat people. And um, to even though we have very human emotions about uh, things, we will try to put those aside when we come on air and bring the best of us as humans to the airwaves. And that sort of fit right in to uh, when we brought on Akashi Chris, who I believe was the, the third member. Uh, and Akashi, yeah, Akashi Chris Mullins. Mm -hmm. She's the best. Akashi Chris. Hey, Davey. 
Hey, welcome, brother. Yeah, you're welcome to, to join in when you when you please. You get the link. And if somebody there wants the link and they want to come on and say something, uh, please DM one of us. I'll bring make sure I have Twitter DM up and then uh, we can we can send you uh, that link for the show. So if, if you want some, just hit up Deb, Frank, Nathan or myself. Um, and so Akashi Chris really was just bringing so much positivity to the community. And she's so funny. Uh, her, she's so artistic in her comedy. Uh, and we riffed off each other sometimes. And in, even in phone calls, we would be near tears laughing at stuff that, that she said, or she, her laughing at something I said. And so we really appreciate Akashi Chris coming on. Um, she recommended that we, and so Nathan, go ahead. I, I don't want to, I want to make sure that you get to, if you want to say something about Akashi. Yeah, I do. Akashi is, uh, was an amazing addition to the team. Um, she was so, so talented, is so talented. Uh, the things that she was able to do with, uh, the kind of, um, the, the generative video where she would take, uh, I don't, folks who may be newer to the community don't, don't know what we're talking about, but a couple of years ago, it was pretty popular for her and Grant to be doing these kind of spoof videos by taking the podcast hosts and mapping their faces onto movie scenes, all these kinds of things. They're very funny, very well done. It takes a lot of work to get that stuff done, to put it all together. And they made it look so easy and just brought a lot of levity and fun to the community. Uh, so she she's amazing. I had a great chance to meet her recently in Roswell, of all places. Uh, so to meet Akashi in person uh, was really fantastic for me. And um, she's doing her own show now. So if anyone wants to check out what, what she's up to, she's doing a show called Mind Forked. And uh, I encourage folks to go and subscribe. Uh, she's putting out some great stuff. Yep. Brilliant, brilliant uh, artist and person. Um, and then uh, we brought on, she recommended that we bring on Flarius Kevin or mm -hmm. Greer's Flair, as he was known. And he was also doing... Uh, things with video. I mean, at one point they put Vinny, Vinny Adams face on Mick Jagger's body uh, when we did the Rolling Stones versus the Beatles episode. And it was absolutely hilarious. He had, uh, or I don't know if it might've been the Stones against the who mm. I think it was that one. I can't remember because I know one of them, I think like Frank was Ringo Starr. So, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but one of them, um, he had done up the, uh, uh, the members of the, the uh, British invasion. He had put the UFO Twitter person's face on the body of like members of the who or the stones. And it was hilarious. So um, he also had some great pregnant pauses and was just a really funny guy. Great addition to the team. Yeah. Kevin uh, had a, one of his great talents was disarming our guest with, uh, a question that, that they might not be expecting and even kind of the way he would uh, interact with them uh, would, would disarm them because he's just not interacting in a way that people would expect. And so, you know, he kind of create these moments where you catch your guests a little bit off guard and they and they, they drop their guard down and they're able to say things or start getting into conversation they might not otherwise. And it's, it's really fun to see and watch. Uh, Kevin also a talented artist and, uh, and really has a big heart for kids. So a great part of the show. Uh, and, and he also had a really fascinating interest in, in Terrence McKenna. And, uh, you know, that's something that I have an interest in as well in psychedelics and, and Carl how Jung. Yeah. How, and Carl Jung and how that intersects with, uh, with the UFO phenomenon. Yes, ab absolutely. So, um, we appreciate you, Kevin. Uh, and then we brought on this girl called Debs, uh, who has this, uh, beautiful, uh, Maryland accent, uh, to go along with her beautiful face. Uh, and <laughs> let me tell you, if 
there was a person, Nathan, that sort of espoused the values that we had sometimes even, even in a, in a better, in a more, uh, broader fashion than mm. we even could. Yeah. It was Deb. Uh, and he has been there episode after episode, after episode, after episode, uh, making, you know, one of one of her gifts is to make guests feel great about being there and welcome, no matter whether they're somebody who is not known at all, which you don't have to be known to get on cab, by the way. Um, you only need to be interested in conversation and hell, there's a lot of people fall in that category. Um, or if it was some huge guest that we're having a director, you know, or something like that on. So, um, so yeah, Debs has been, uh, it just an amazing addition to the team. And now she's just, uh, you know, like you can make a decision to bring somebody on and they can make that decision look even better <laughs> with the work that they're doing outside of the show. And I'm talking about UAP med now, uh, where Deb is one of the principals and does their podcasts and records interviews and is, uh, uh, sort of, a a, 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 a paragon of virtue over there, just like she is in cab. So. Okay. Deb's amazing. Absolutely. Uh, I remember when we first got introduced to Deb, uh, she was pumping out documents, just like, like a document machine. Yeah. And when you told me that she basically did all of that from her cell phone, I mean, it really blew my mind. Uh, Deb, if you don't know her, is one of the hardest, I think, working folks in the UFO community. She's connected to a lot of folks. She stays connected. She she goes after the, those connections and, and kind of nurtures them. Uh Deb, I mean, I, I can't say enough good things about you. I'm so glad that you're on the team. I'm really proud of the work that you do. As CJ said, you embody the values that we try to uphold on the show in some ways, even more than we do. And uh, it's really inspiring. So I thank you for that. And I know we've got a lot of great content left ahead of us because um, you're hounding people. You're, you're tracking people down and you're going to get them on our show. That's what Deb does. She's, she's got them on the list <laughs> uh, and, well, and she's going to rope them in. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Can I tell the funny origin story of my coming Please. on cab? Please. Okay. Sure. So, so I ran, ran into DJ in a talk space um, and those were fairly new at the time. And it was um, very nice of him to invite me to come meet him and Nathan. And I didn't know what to expect. So I literally wrote a report. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes now i'm remembering this yeah <laughs> yeah had to get her we had to get this girl calmed down before we bring her on air <laughs> yeah i i had no idea i had no idea what they wanted or what they wanted to talk to me about i wrote a report and i like summarized a lot of the documents that i had looked at for that report it was hilarious later in retrospect i don't know what i was thinking but i just wanted to share that little bit of origin story and luckily they they uh overcame my report and let me come on <laughs> yeah it was a lot deb it was a lot i'm not gonna lie but it was amazing to see what you were doing and we knew like we needed that element on the show that you brought this deep knowledge of documents and commitment to things and and you continue to do that the most important thing that you uh nathan and deb's have of wanting to have the guest have a great experience and that has to come from a genuine place. It can't be just, Hey, it's great to have you because they could know whether you really mean that or not by the, just, it's just a feeling. And while I can show you 
how to format a show. I couldn't, what you guys have, I couldn't teach you to do that. You just have to have that or you don't have that. And you have that. Frank has that when people come on with him, you know, somebody couldn't teach Frank to do that. You know, we could teach, you know, he, he figured out, I mean, him being a, a broadcaster on his own and being a performer, it wasn't a big stretch for him to learn how to do a show. But, um, but if some, for someone who's never been on air, I could show you how to structure a show, but I can't teach you how to make a guest feel good. And you guys and Deb, you had that, um, that came very naturally to you as soon as we brought you on air. So, um, thank you for having that because that, that, uh, that makes it so that we can do a show that we're proud of. And there might be 12 people in the chat or nine, but at the end, we feel a sense of accomplishment. Uh, and, and as compared to 300, when we had, uh, Jim Semivan on, but it doesn't matter. We have had guests where we've had, you know, jo uh, well, even Joe and Jesse brought quite a group with them, but we've had uh, shows where there necessarily wasn't a lot of people, but we we're very proud of the conversation that we had at the end. Nicole was that way because we didn't have a paranormal uh, listener base, but that didn't stop us from doing the episode and vibing with her. And it, and ha and, and it, it just felt really good. And that's what you guys are just so great at. Well, let's, I, I want to say something about you for a second, DJ, because you're really great at that. You have a heart that is, uh, is so generous and so giving. And that, and for me, you know, it, it means a ton. Uh, your friendship is very valuable to me. The way that you, uh, you know, keep track of us, that, that you kind of go after things, the, the heart that you bring to the show, the enthusiasm you bring to the show. I love how Kelly Chase described that, the, you know, the show that it's kind of a, uh, like the like the living room of the house down the street where all the kids kind of hang out after school. That's a great vibe. I know kids don't do that as much today as they did back in our day, but it is a great vibe. It's a place where you just kind of can hang. You can chill. You can talk about whatever you want to talk about. You don't have to feel like you have to be a certain way. Uh, the fact that we can have a show with someone who's not well known and we can have an amazing conversation with them. Sometimes those are the even better shows than, than shows when we have a guest that everybody knows. Uh, that to me is is a is a huge um, accomplishment and something to be proud of, and we look for those opportunities. We look for folks that we can talk to that are going to bring that style and kind of conversation to our show. It's fun. I I have to agree. Um, Duncan, take it easy. Thanks for stopping in. Davies here. Jill, be right back, Julie. Okay, and Maxie McCabe is here. I see Let that. me tell you guys. Uh, so did you? I don't know if you guys heard Max's song. Um, so Max uh, gave us the first look <laughs> at, uh, at at this song, and then he's distributed it to one of the BBC stations, and they said, "Mate, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna play this. I don't know if we can get it in regular rotation, but we're gonna play this song, uh, and it's a brilliant song." So Frank, if you, I don't know if I, I think I posted on Cab Frank, so check it out when you have a chance. Um, yeah, he's he's nodding his head. Uh, he's professional. Love Max. Uh, I know Max is wonderful. Uh, he's been part of our fam for, you know, at least a year now. Uh, so then uh, let's see. Now we got to move to Steph. So Steph was uh, recommended by Kevin. Um, and really the thing that was great about Steph is that she feels, thinks, breathes, bleeds for experiencers. She's an experiencer. It affected her life profoundly. And there's a, a, a certain emotion that she would get when she would listen to an experiencer, when she was talking to a guest 
who was both uh, a, a, a prolific member of the community, but also an experiencer like Gary Nolan, for example. Um, and it, it really was a, a pleasure to have her on as well. She's just a really, really sweet person. So Steph. Yeah, she's amazing. Just had that light that you could see uh, inside of her ab about this particular area of interest. And, uh, you know, we, we, we needed that element, someone that, that cared and understood that angle of the phenomena in a way that you and I re really didn't. And Deb, you didn't either, just from that, that kind of intimate, direct exposure to it. Um, and that's something that's really important to us. I know it's really important to all of us here on the show today that, that we not lose sight of those people who've had experiences. Uh, they often, I think, can get kind of drowned out in the noise of the latest soundbite that, that the conversation, what's taking place in the public conversation. We can lose sight of the people who've had direct contact with some of this and are trying to make sense of it. It disrupts their entire life. They're going to piece their life back together in the wake of that experience. And having someone who, who understood that and could connect with a guest in that way uh, to kind of bridge that divide that none of us could in the way that she could was really, really, really powerful. It, uh, no doubt. Um, just exactly what you said. Uh, it, it, you know, we've met so many people. I mean, Max in the chat is one that it's, he, it's been very, very difficult for him to deal with seeing what he saw on a couple of occasions. I think, I mean, multiple occasions now, but back in around 2014, were some really big ones seeing like a school bus size uh, cylindrical object uh, over his house. Uh, but, you know, you talk to somebody like Steph, which he has, um, it, it really helps to know that there are other people out there. David John Lanier, you know, one of our great friends from Alabama mm -hmm. uh, who's had a lot of experiences. Special ops guy, thank you for stopping in, brother. Uh, take care peaceably. Um, so, yeah, another great addition. And um, after that, I think the next two was last Christmas and I was driving to South Florida and I get a signal call from Franklin mm. and he says, I want to be Paul Cobb, mate. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right accent. Go ahead, man. <laughs> yeah, you and, pretty much got it, man. You pretty much got it. You're getting better at this accent. <laughs> and, and we really did, you know, we really did want, want to have Frank. Um, I've thrown a couple of pieces of bait in the water and seeing if, if, uh, he would bite. And, uh, he said that, uh, he wanted, yeah, he wanted to be part of cab. And it was about the same day that Leah prime, uh, I think was recommended by Debs, uh, to be part of cab. And, um, man, um, Frank, uh, so I was working up at AFSOC pretty new and Frank and I had some, we weren't on signal yet. We were on WhatsApp and we had some WhatsApp calls during the day. And he's like, you know, he's like talking to me like, uh, like either my, me or my show is more important. He's got a bigger show than we have, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? I mean, he's, he's got, I mean, he's, he's a huge presence. Uh, he has a really big reach that reaches all the way across to here in the UK. Um, but I said, dude, you know, we'd love to, you know, get on air with you, have you on as a guest and all that kind of stuff. And that's how it started. And we had him on. Um, I think we must have had him on at least three times. Uh, we had him on um, as uh, a British invasion. Um, we had you on with Frank and Frank. We did you and Frank Milburn. 
Um, and I think one other, an, another British invasion, I think we've had John like two of them at least. Um, so, and I don't know if you were on the one where we had uh, Dan and, and Dave Smethers. I don't know if were you on that one as well. Yeah. So we had you on several different times. And so, yeah, it was, it was, it was a no brainer uh, to bring you along because Frank's perspective, um, he's very nuts. You know, I, I couldn't help thinking when we were having lunch with Darren, I was kind of thinking about who has the opposite approach to Darren or the phenomenon. I'm like, it's Frank. <laughs> Go ahead, Nate. Take it away, Nathan. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, Frank, you put out amazing content and the, the show, your show title is so apt because you're, you're very articulate. You're, you're the way that you think about the entire issue is, is comprehensive and your delivery is, is so spot on, so thoughtful, so careful uh, it's just you're going to get great content every show from from Frank, guaranteed, guaranteed. Yes, it's going to be yeah. good, good content. You're going to enjoy it. Um, and it's not just look, anybody can get on here and talk. And, and we, we talk a lot about UFOs, but it takes it takes a lot of work to sit down and think about, OK, I want to structure a show. It's going to have this kind of content. I want to hit these points. I want to make sure to bring in this evidence, et cetera. It's, it, that takes a lot of work. And some people feel like people can just jump on a microphone and, and kind of you know, spew that material out. It doesn't work like that. I mean, maybe for a very no. small number of people, it works that way, but for most people it doesn't. And Frank, you make it look really easy. Uh, it's just such a great thing to have you a part of our network, uh, to have you to be, to consider you to be a friend, to have you with these round tables. Um, I love the fact that we've got this connection to the UK. Uh, you know, it's, it's a place that means a lot to me. Uh, you know, I've been there several times and it, it, it's it, there's a sort of a bond there that that is powerful. And um, because this subject spans, you know, more than just this narrow sort of geographic area that, you know, you and I over here in the U.S. occupy and even more than obviously it's, it's something that influences and impacts the entire world. And to extend that reach and get get that voice in as many sort of different ears as possible. That's what we're all about. And, and Frank does an amazing job at doing that. Yeah, I mean, my, our connection to the UK, I lived there for three years, and Nathan, I believe, has a very similar connection to me to where we both feel like we could live there. We just love the place. And yeah. then meeting these guys, I mean, puts in a place that we already had affection for. It puts an even greater uh, face on it. So, uh, Franklin, my man. The other thing, I'm, let me tell you something else. Is One of the interesting things is we just talked about a juxtaposition between you and Darren, but what you and Darren both have in common, and we're talking about exoacademian for those of you who, who just know him by that name and not Darren is they can do a monologue show mm. and the amount of preparation for those of you who are wondering why Frank missed so many times on air is because Frank doesn't pop on air and go, okay, I'm just going to spew my feelings about something. He goes through an enormous amount of preparation and structuring a show before he puts it out. And so if he couldn't meet his standard, then he said, okay, I got to take a break. So with that, Franklin, take it away. Yeah, thanks uh, both. I really appreciate all the, the very kind words from, from both of you. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny actually you mentioned about EXO, uh, Darren, because um, I've actually probably listened to every episode that, that EXO has done like since <laughs> like way back in the early days of his podcast when he did more of a sort of like documentary style. Mm -hmm. um you, you you're probably probably right and i've only sort of realized this about my own way of looking at things um quite recently as well i am quite nuts and bolts and focused on the, the government angle and, and all that kind of thing and and obviously exo has a 
you know, kind of like you say, a bit of an other end of the scale, but we do have kind of very similar approaches in, in, in some ways as well, which is, uh, yeah, it's interesting to kind of, but I, I like the fact that it's very different the way that uh, XO and, and obviously when you do liminal frames as well, Nathan, you sort of delve into those areas and, you know, I, I always come away with, with food for thought, you know, um, but obviously when I started getting involved with, with cab, you guys, I remember seeing it crop up on Twitter, and I actually thought, no word of a lie, that you were actually cab drivers that you'd <laughs> met. I, I thought that you'd, you'd all met, like, with the one thing in common of being taxi drivers. I genuinely did, and I was really because he has the, had the original logo had the taxi in the logo. So I thought maybe you'd, you know, been on a break at the taxi rank and you're all having conversations about UFOs. Anyway, I soon realized that wasn't the case. Um, but where, when I started to, to listen to you guys, Again, must have been way I can't even remember the time sort of all merges together after a certain point there, you know. But when I first started listening to the the early days of uh, of Cohen or Beans, one thing that that really hit me was like you were saying earlier on, you know, it's it's coming from a really authentic place, uh, that welcoming, friendly nature and willingness to you know embrace people of all different viewpoints and from all all across. Uh, the community and and get people in to have that that converse, friendly conversation and 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 welcome people in. It really is a, coming from a genuine place, and obviously having got, you can tell that you know when you first tune in, it it just feels genuine. You know when you go into a store and the, and the product specialist is giving you going through the motions, and it's just kind of like, yeah, how can I help you? I hope you I hope you really enjoy. But then when you, when you speak to somebody who's really passionate about what they're doing. You can really tell. You get that gut feeling. It's like that with you guys. As soon as you, uh, you know, tune in, you can, you can tell that it's coming from that genuine, authentic place. And the more I've got to know everybody individually outside of doing a recording, you realise that actually you guys are all just like this. You know, that's kind of how how you actually are, which is which is great. You know, and I remember when I first started my podcast as well, having the same kind of core values in mind, um, and it was a it was kind of a natural inevitable conclusion that eventually we would all kind of uh you know join up in, in one way or another so I'm really really happy to be involved and you know it's a pleasure every time so thank you very much thank you man yep it's a it's a pleasure to have you franklin um i was just thinking about some people do get it and what you're saying like when gary nolan came on with us um he was wearing sunglasses and so he got it right. I think he took him off part of the way through, but but he wore the sunglasses and he wanted to fit in and he was ready to joke around right from the get go. And that meant something to us. It meant he had watched it. He had seen what what we had to offer. And I think James Indoli hooked that up for us. I believe James. James is the one who got us connected there. Um, and so he got it. And the same thing when Doug Highcheck came on and you probably, Frank, don't know who Doug Highcheck is, but. He's done a couple of um, – he was big with the, the National Geographic Channel. He did movies about animals, and then he moved into the Bigfoot realm. He did uh, Legend Meets Science 20 years ago in 2003, and now he's coming out with Legend Meets Science 2. And so he's a filmmaker, but he's an intellect for – he's not He's not a Gary Nolan. I'm trying to think of a corollary in UFOs, but if someone has a, a video or something of a sighting, they will send that to Doug Highcheck. They might send the audio to David Ellis to analyze the audio to look at what spectrum that they heard the, the big uh, foot howl. But in terms of video, they're going to send it to Doug Highcheck and go, Doug, these are the footprints. This is the photos. This is the video. What do you think? Um, 
He came on and was joking around with us. We said the word pregnant pause and that's it. He would find little points during the interview to bring up the pregnant pause that Matt does. So, um, so yeah, it, it really is cool when people kind of get what we're about. Um, the long way of saying that, um, which brings us to Leah primetime. So Nathan, Leah is uh, almost in a category all her own. Uh, Leah, uh, for those who don't know her, she's um, she kind of got started in the UFO community conversation with through Invisible Night School uh, and more actively involved in the social conversation through through Twitter and posting. Um, Leah is a rare a rare person. Uh, You know, she she's living. Uh, an authentic life as best she can. She's very a vulnerable person, putting herself out there. Uh, she's, you know, what you see is what you get, and I think it's hard for for a lot of us to, uh, you know, put that into practice. I mean, I know it's hard for me to put that into practice. We all kind of go about our 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 day to day, you know, sort of filtering who we are uh, to the world, and um, even sometimes filtering who we are to our own selves. And I feel like Leah, for me anyway, is is a bit of an inspiration because she's so bold in her in her willingness to be who she is in a in a public manner. Uh, so th- th- that's one aspect of Leah that I think is in- absolutely incredible. And the other aspect is just her intellect. She's a, a brilliant person. Her analysis <laughs> is absolutely brilliant. She's one of the most well-read people I've ever encountered. Uh, she's a multidisciplinary thinker. Those are the kind of folks that we need in the conversation who can who can look at in the different aspects of the phenomena, the different experiences, and, and connect the dots to other areas of, of the human experience. Uh, she does that, I mean, just effortlessly, effortlessly. It's incredibly amazing, uh, the things that she's able to do. Um, I think a lot of people, uh, for many people, Leah kind of goes right over their head because she's, she's operating at an altitude that uh, many of us you know, don't necessarily fly up to very often, uh, but it's, it's absolutely fantastic. And you know, I'm just grateful to have crossed paths with her, had a chance to meet her in New York. And and now that she's kind of helping us on the show from time to time, bringing bringing her perspective, it means a lot. And, it, you know, it, it, to kind of take a quick diversion from Leah, just but, but she's, she's a good example of this, that the way that I think about Cab in some respects is is like that extended family. You know, so, you know, yes, we're, we're kind of the cab drivers and we're, we're bringing somebody into the cab. We're taking you from point A to point B on the show to have a conversation, but we're really encouraging people to do the same wherever they find themselves. We want that to be sort of a a caught way of, of being in, in the community. And so I think that Leah embodies that in the way that she acts, the way that she interacts with people. And to see that kind of taking hold in, in in not only what she does, but in what Frank does and the other friends of the show that we have to see how they interact in the community and, and kind of take that ethos, that that essence of what we're about. Not that we have the corner on the market on it, but we're trying to amplify right. it. And the right. fact that we're seeing that happen in so many places to me is what it's all about. I'm not here for the for the glory or the, or the platitudes or whatever. I, I don't care about the ribbons or the championship belt. I just want to have this conversation and I want to have it with as many people as I can. And I want it to be productive and I want it to be thoughtful and I want it to be uh, enriching and encouraging because at the end of the day, nobody has the corner on the truth here. We're all trying to figure out what this is. And, uh, you know, for me to go in, kind of go in swinging and saying that, you know, you don't understand it. I understand it. Uh, you know, my perspective is better than yours, et cetera, et cetera. Like it's, it's not a good way to have a conversation 
And I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's being very fair, you know, to, to others and, and not even fair to yourself because you, by doing that, you're not really having a conversation. That's not even taking place. <laughs> you're just telling people things. Projecting. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You will see it my way or else. That's so. right. So all that to say, Leah is amazing. You know, I can't wait to have her back on the show. I hope she's doing well. She's been doing a lot of stuff, kind of moving from you know one part of the country to the other. Uh, she's always got irons in the fire, but I know we will see her back around soon. Yep. And Frank, did you hear him say amplify? <laughs> you get it, musician? <laughs> <laughs> Turn it up to anyway, 11. That's it. I was waiting for it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Leah Prime, I'm not sure I've understood anything she's had to say yet. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, she. I, I can't. I, I really honestly can't put uh, her into context any better than what Nathan just did. So I, I won't try. Uh, but. As you said, she's back in industry now. Um, she's married now. Um, she's living her, her best life, which you said at the beginning. And uh, I'm sure you're going to see her for the uh, Dr. Diana Pasolka episode because uh, in responding to our first request for her to be on the show, um, she named Leah Prime uh, directly. And she's already been a guest of ours and called herself Cab Fam, but she loves Leah Prime. So. Yep. Um, so she'll be out, and we might also have another special guest. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm going to reach out to that person today. Awesome. Did you like that, Frank? We're trying to make you laugh. I'm not doing a very good job. It's, tough, it's a tough crowd here. This is Frank laughing, okay? I don't know if you understand <laughs> yeah. that. Frank, you're <laughs> laughing on the inside. You're cracking up. Okay. All right, great. <laughs> All right. Uh, and our last one is uh, our Bigfoot. Uh, so, uh, Nathan, talk about the I'm, and I'm going to close the door so that the dogs don't uh, just run the cab over. Um, but Nathan, could you talk about our decision to go into Bigfoot and paranormal, which is going to lead us right into Matt? Absolutely. All right. So this came about uh, in some ways accidentally. Um, I had taken a trip up to New York and had a chance to uh, you know, hang out up there with some folks. And, and in the course of the, the conversations I was having, um, people were starting to share experiences that they were having with Bigfoot. Now, to be honest with you, I, I, I've always found Bigfoot to be interesting, but not really thought much about it in the last, I don't know, couple of decades. <clears throat> but these people were people that I know, people that I trusted, people who uh, were recounting their genuine experiences with whatever Bigfoot happens to be. Uh, and as a result, I came away with some uh, you know, sort of episodes to listen to. Um, the one that really kind of freaked me out, I think I may have sent this one to DJ right away, was sort of about the, the, the sounds that people were hearing um, in the forest. And you know, they were absolutely bizarre, kind of eerie, creepy sounds that nothing like you've heard in the forest before. And they had even uh, some, <clears throat> I think it was like a military linguist or something, who had analyzed uh, some of that 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 material as well? So it'll send it very fascinating. Sent that to DJ, and then DJ, it's like I kind of you you, you caught the bug at that point uh, in a big big way to want to have that conversation on the show. Want to bring more of the Bigfoot Bigfoot content onto Calling All Beings, um, which I think has been fantastic because it's it's very difficult to find shows that are that are going to talk about UFOs and Bigfoot and the paranormal all in the same space. Um, without kind of wanting to prejudice one or the other, like make one or the other more real, more valid than the other one. And um, I think 
that highlights for me something that that if you're in the UFO community, you should be thinking about paying attention to, because what are the biases that you have? What are the biases to experience that you have, the filters that you already put into place uh, by default? I mean, I, I certainly had them. Look, I, I thought that UFO experiences were you know, sort of, quote unquote, more real than than Bigfoot experiences. But I had no basis by which to, to make that claim. That was just something that I inherently thought. So by looking at this from a new perspective, kind of opening up my ability there, my, my mind to, to see that. Uh, Your aperture. My aperture to explore it a little <laughs> bit more. I mean, that's where we are. And I think that's, I mean, the Bigfoot community doesn't, as you said this many times, DJ, I think it's so spot on. They don't have a Chris Mellon or a Lou Elizondo yeah. who has stepped out and, and championed the, this cause at the highest level uh, to bring this forward. And and what would happen if somebody did? I think that that's really the question. What would happen if somebody came out like that? Where would you then be when it came to thinking about the Bigfoot phenomena? Um, I think it would challenge you, it would challenge the assumptions that, that you've made and get you to start thinking about reality in an even broader way than, than you do now. So all of that is a bit of a, uh, you know, I'm known for it sometimes, a lengthy preamble uh, to bringing on Matt Knapp onto the show. And Matt uh, has uh, an incredible uh, you know, base of knowledge about Bigfoot. He's had his own show, tons of episodes, amazing recall of, of events and, and, and people and experiences. Uh, he's got one of the best voices in, in podcasting, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and and he's, he's, he's a thinker who's willing to tackle the, the bigger, deeper problems, even the, those that confront him in the Bigfoot community. And, and you know, he'll be the first to tell you that there are factions in the community that, you know, some think it's more of a physical thing. Some think it's more of a, a spiritual thing. And he's he's willing to entertain those different perspectives, um, whereas some people don't even want to have that conversation at all. Uh, so, yeah, Matt was a, an awesome addition to the show and just, I think, signaled the the broadening of, of our interest on cab as we move, move the show forward. The other, I think that thing that was interesting for Nathan and Debs, uh, is that he was equally adept when we would bring on a UFO guest or talk paranormal as he was with Bigfoot. Like, does that strike you? I mean, like the first time we had him on, I'm looking at Nathan and Nathan's kind of doing a very subtle nod. I'm like, Oh, he likes this guy. He <laughs> likes what Matt has to say. He's got very, thoughtful questions matt is he's another one of these dudes that was like born to broadcast mm. you know he's born to do this he's he has 20 years of field research and for those of you and nathan has done this recently with his family have experienced the hardships of camping in the woods that's what it is mm. okay <laughs> so he has 20 years of doing that uh and that's in addition to doing uh you know taking phone calls exchanging emails blogging to find out who's experiencing what, where, get phone, get uh, messages of, hey, come to my property or, you know, come to this deer lease, all this sorts of thing. And then also be broadcasting, you know, one of the pre uh, premier guys on Bigfoot Outlaws, uh, which was a huge show uh, since, you know, disbanded because of what happens in the community. Creative differences, unfortunately, breaks up great partnerships. And like Frank's has seen in rock and roll, it's broken up more great bands than he could count on two hands. Yeah. I mean, on four hands, there's so many, you know, bands that are, that are broken up and that happens in the creative community online as well. Um, so Matt, uh, was just a brilliant, uh, addition and, um, he, it, he never, he never seemed like he was out of his depth 
with no matter who we had on, he would be a very quick study and come up with a good question and they would tell him so, <laughs> you know, and this be like, this guy hasn't studied UFOs at all. So I don't know. That was, it was a pleasure to have Matt on. Um, that brings us to, uh, there was at some point we decided that there was so much going on in the chat that we needed to bring on the jewel of Indiana, mm-hmm. also known as Julie. You guys know her as jewel of, Jewel of the Wood. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Julie, if I got that right, or Jewels of the Wood. Um, currently living in Alabama, who I had the pleasure to have a couple of hours uh, eating dinner and by the, the seashore there with her and David John Lanier and get to know her. And uh, she is a multiple experiencer of both the uh, paranormal, uh, she Bigfoot and UFOs in like the parking lot of like a Piggly Wiggly. So <laughs> with her mother in the car, uh, but mom told her, we're not going to talk about that anymore. Um, Julie, what, what is difficult about what she does? By the way, Max, I want to say something to you. If you're still there, put the link of your sound to uh, SoundCloud in the, uh, in the chat so that we can put it up on there. Um, Cause everybody's got to hear this song. So if you would send us the link to your song. Um, what is interesting about what Julie does is it's much, much easier to connect with people and make people feel welcome in a audio visual medium to be able to do that with just a written medium using emojis and text is something that, uh, Julie herself, like Leah comes from a library science background, also a singer, uh, a musician, uh, herself is brilliant at yeah julie is uh <laughs> julie i see you in the chat thank you so much for everything that that you do for the show uh for those of you who don't know we're not paying anybody to be on cab we're not uh monetizing the show uh we don't sell any merchandise maybe we should at some point uh but uh you know all of us are volunteering our time right and and those of us who are on here talking you know, we're, we're volunteering our time because we want to have this conversation. Julie volunteers her time just to hang out in the chat and, and be a welcoming presence uh, for the show. Uh, be that kind of greeter at the front door, if you will, to make people feel at home. And it's uh, it's not easy to do that. And she does it effort- effortlessly. Um, she also is not just a good greeter. She's a good bouncer. Right. So she can tell if somebody's <laughs> acting a fool up in the club and uh, she can kick them to the curb. And we need somebody like that from time to time because uh, you know we're not going to tolerate you know, abusive kind of behavior, uh, negative behavior in our chat. That's not the atmosphere that we want for the show. Um, that's not what we're trying to put out into the world. So if you're bringing that into our house, then we're going to ask you sometimes tell you to leave. Of course, uh, and that, that's what she's great at doing. So we couldn't do it without Julie. She's, uh, she's absolutely incredible and we're lucky to have her. Thank you, Jules. Love you. I really appreciate, uh, what you've done for, uh, for cab. Um, with that, I think we're, it should be across Spotify and all as, oh, okay. So it's not on, okay. I thought you had it on SoundCloud max, but if, if you don't have a link, um, okay. And if you have one, we'll, we'll certainly put it up on screen. Sounds like it's going live Sunday. So we can blast it out on our socials at that point. So there you go, baby. Boom. We could put it up on the next cab as well. Um, so, uh, Nathan, with that, you want to go with uh, some of the videos that you've... Uh, well, before we do started. that, DJ, I have oh. a little game I want to play, all right? And I want everybody to get into it, because it's gonna. I think it's going to be fun. 
Okay. And DJ, you actually don't get to participate. Oh, okay. All right. So you, you get to observe what we're going to do. And I'm going to start with Deb. Okay. I'm putting you on the hot seat, Deb. Okay. This is how this is going to work. <clears throat> I want you to think, uh, just get, get loose, get limber. Because what we're going to do is I want everybody to give a DJ intro to Cab. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to put up the, uh, the, the classic show intro. All right. And you can do your best DJ. Welcome to calling all beings. And then we're going to eat. We'll each get a swing at it. All right. And uh, oh, Frank, I, won't put, I won't put you last. I'll go last. So you don't have to feel like you have to, you know, to hit, to hit it at a home out of, the, out of the park at that point. So, all right. So start thinking about it though. I want you I mean, think about channel your inner DJ. All right. I know this is not easy for some of us, particularly those of us who might be in a more mild mannered country. I get it. I get it. Uh, but just start, start thinking about it. Be ready. And Deb, I know you've got this in you. So, all right, so that's what we're going to do. So, folks, we're not the, the show is not ending. Stay by, stand by, hang in there. We're going to do a little intro, and you're going to get a little taste of a DJ introduction from our good friend Deb to kick it off here. All right. Calling all beings, y'all. Let's get it. Welcome, party people. You're here for calling all beings. Can I get an amen? Welcome. Okay, that was absolutely fantastic. Deb, that was even better than I could have imagined it to be. Uh, I don't I don't want to get too hasty and give out the gold star right away, but that was really good. That was really good. Uh-oh, and, uh, there he is. You know, Yorkshire's own. You can also, if you, you know, you can introduce Davey, who just showed up. Davey, welcome to the show. Perfect hey, timing. Guys. As always, beautiful introduction, Deb. For a minute, I thought that was DJ. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I don't know. And I've never seen both of them in the same room at the same time, so it could very well be. Uh, yeah. I love you, Debs. Great job, buddy. Uh, Davey, you, you nailed it, Deb. Absolutely nailed it. So, Davey, uh, you appeared at, at, a, at the perfect time in the show because now you get to participate in this game as well. So, uh, I'm going to put Franklin up next, and then you'll go after Franklin, and then uh, and then I'll, I'll finish it off soon. So hang in there, everybody. Franklin, get ready. Start start getting limber. There you go. Calling all beings, y'all. Let's get it. Party people, put your hands in the air. Can I get an amen? All right, that's that's fantastic. Uh, look, that's the most animated I've ever seen Frank on a podcast. I'm so glad was, we captured that. I was that. channeling my inner DJ strongly there. Phenomenal. The, 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 eyes, the, eyes, the best part. 
the looking up while you went, Ooh. Yeah, like a, like a werewolf howl. It was fantastic. <laughs> the last time he was that excited was throwing his drumsticks in the audience in Ontario at the close of the tour, mate. So anyway, great job, Frank. Man, bravo, bravo. Excellent. All right, so Davey, you ready for this? Yeah, man. I'm ready. All right, here we go. Oh. Here we go. Calling all beings, y'all. Let's get it. get an amen you are on calling all beings and i am the second dj nailed it nailed it <laughs> fabulous fabulous dj how, how did you do how did you do oh he was awesome man i love it <laughs> i love <laughs> I it man i love with my british these. brothers we might have to use these that's a great point Deb. we could yeah. use them uh, yes we could absolutely and- Yes, and now StreamYard, you can make those clips. So yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it's got that new tool. So. It's like we're oh. almost auditioning for a bat. You're like an understudy, you know. So if DJ can't make a show, we know who to call uh, to do the intro for us. Yes, we're gonna get one of you. And Nathan, Nathan, hopefully you're gonna play yours and the one I sent today because that 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 one has you, me introducing you, you introducing me, and then I don't remember what <laughs> we did. It was nuts. I'll see if I can pull it up. I don't know if I have the clip ready, but I'll, I'll try to get to the okay. to the show. All right. So let me give it. Let me let me take a swing at this, y'all. I'm gonna do my yeah. best. We'll see what happens. Hang in there. Calling all beings, y'all. Let's get it. Welcome to Calling All Beings, the show for UFOs, Bigfoot, Paranormal. I'm your host, Nathan. I'm not DJ. I wish I were, because he's the host with the most, the greatest in the land. We're going to have a great show today. Who we got on the show? We got the amazing DJ, the also (laughs) incredible Davey, fantastic Deb, and fabulous Frank. Welcome to Calling All Beings. Can I get an amen? Hey, hey, man. Man. <laughs> oh man that was awesome nathan man i i know that that winning you know you, you you didn't you didn't you don't run every race to win it some of them you just run to finish but in this case and davy he's not used to losing races let me just say that <laughs> but nathan i'm sorry you're gonna have to win the award on this one baby oh man that's no that's everybody's a winner in my mind everybody fantastic yeah. job Everyone who joins us on this show is a winner. No, no doubt about that. We do appreciate uh, you guys giving of your time. Uh, so for those of you, we didn't get a proper introduction. One of the co-hosts of the Mechanism Pod out of West Yorkshire. And it's my man, <laughs> David Johnston. He is a, uh, I, are you, is it fair to call you a corporate? I know you're in compliance, but you're a corporate speaker. 
right? I am, yeah. I'm a sustainability consultant, yeah, at uh, for major global corporations, yeah. Amongst other <laughs> things. Quick, yeah, amongst <laughs> other things, yoga teacher, and he is uh, an amazing cyclist. Uh, uh, they insist on doing these mountain bike things on bikes that aren't mountain bikes, but just have knobby tires. Uh, as I search on Facebook Marketplace for a new mountain bike. Uh, anyway, because uh, like we don't need shuck absorbers. Um, <laughs> it's like it's for wimps. That's right? what my legs are for. That's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We make it as hard and tough as possible. That's it. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's work the, harder, not smarter. Sorry, go the, ahead, Frank. The, the roads over here in the UK, you definitely need shock absorbers. Hundred <laughs> percent. Hope, hope you're doing all right, Davey. It's great to see you, I'm mate. Good, Frank. So so good to see you again, man. It's been far far too long. My brother from the other side of the Pennine Mountains, the wrong side, <laughs> yeah. the, the Lancashire side, which is which is obviously superior, as everybody knows, or oh, the Greater Manchester, Manchester side, technically. Yeah, <laughs> I'll let you off on that one. Yeah, <laughs> no, it really is great. You guys are so proud of where you come from. I always tell my my friends from hometown in New York, you know, we should be more proud of New York because, man, you you know, as Nathan knows, growing up around the South. No matter which of these states, people are going to tell you this state is the best, you know, and, and it, it, it's good. It's really good to have, you know, uh, friendly, a friendly rivalry and certainly to have pride in where you come from. Um, Davey came in as uh, just so you know, as a last minute addition to a we were having a, a um, we were having a British invasion. And I sort of thought. You know what? There's one person I think that might not show up for this one. I have, a, I just have a feeling that this guy's not going to show up. So I'm going to ask somebody if they would mind coming in. We had just started developing a friendship uh, on, on on Twitter and stuff, and I said, you know, what, would you, you know, come in as a backup if this person doesn't show? Lo and behold, that person cancels. Like in, I don't know, was it an hour before the show? I can't remember. Yeah, during during the show because they were on the you did you you had the first half of the British invasion, and was it the Beatles versus the Stones that one? And the it, Beatles it, were it, on I, first, and then one of the, one of your Rolling Stones dropped out, and I was in the bath, and I got a message from DJ saying, "Davey, you're on in five. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Uh, and you pulled it off flawlessly. I mean, this is how talented this guy is. He just showed up and it was knocked it out of the park day one. That's not easy. Well, he he was not. Uh, there were we had a lot of heavy hitters that were on that show whom I don't know that he had ever talked to. We had like Graham and Vinny and Andy and you know there were a lot of the sort of UFO heavyweights and Davey was not uh, taken at all. He just he just it was kind of like the bar and he just kind of walked up to the bar and put one elbow this way, one elbow that way, cleared some space moved his chest up to the bar and said, and start talking. And everyone's like, wow, man, this guy is really, really smart when it comes to this topic. Uh, I, I, I mean, I could just see everybody's reaction. So thank you, Davey. Well, thank you for introducing me to those people who've since gone on to become some of my best friends. So what can I say? You, Had you it not been be for here. you, I, yeah, I wouldn't have met those guys. And, uh, and I owe the major thanks to Deb because it was Deb who first had me on uh, on Deb's Day to Dojo many moons ago. Awesome. Love Don't that. age us. Don't age us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, Deb, you're you're the only one who's ageless on this show, let's be clear. So for real. That's right. There are less wrinkles every time. You guys can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank God my camera doesn't have the resolution to see some of them. Um, Nathan, you ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So uh, what I did, guys, is uh, so we obviously we've done 100 episodes, a little bit over that even. And uh, we've had some amazing guests on the show. Uh, and really, I would consider all the guests you know, to be great in, in their own regard. Uh, we're always honored to have people come in and speak with us. But I spent a little time. Uh, I didn't have a ton of time, unfortunately, to do an expansive review that I wanted to do. But I spent a little time putting together some clips of the show. And I thought maybe I'll play some and we can talk about it as we go. Uh, so I'll kind of play a little bit, pause, and we can chat about uh, whatever comes to mind from that particular episode. It's not, not terribly long, but I think it'll be a, a fun conversation. So let me put this on the screen here. Hold on. It's, when, it's wanting to play. I want to pause it real quick so we don't get ahead of ourselves. All right. Everybody ready? Ready, brother. Let's do this. Calling all beings, y'all. Let's get it. ready to bring on deb now nathan this is uh she goes by at a study of uaps and ufos uh her name's deb uh she's a psychologist by trade and she has really done a deep dive into document research hi there okay all right hold on before we get to rig Doty. all right so yeah. james iandoli i want to spend some time on james i didn't clip <laughs> anything that james actually said but i didn't i get the part where we brought deb on the show and uh, for those of you who may not know this, James Andoli is one of the most gracious, generous people in the UFO community. The guy is uh, incredibly humble. He will reach out to, to anybody to encourage them, uh, to encourage them to continue uh, you know, looking into this topic and, and pursuing it and re researching it. He, he amplifies voices. The guy is a force of nature, literally, in the UFO community. But you wouldn't necessarily know that unless you know, you've had that kind of interaction with him. Uh, so he's, he's been doing this a long time. And uh, it was a huge honor for us to have James on the show. And it just so happened to be like a crazy coincidence that he and DJ basically kind of grew up near, near each other. So DJ, what do you, what do you want to talk about there uh, about James? I, you know what? Um, because I've talked so much during the show, I want to get uh, Debs and Davey in there, but James, um, he, uh, we, we became friends. Uh, I actually got to where I, I take my um, friends for Italian food. Uh, when I go back home, we usually have dinners of 20 and 30 people. James lives walking distance from there. We got to see each other. Um, got to meet him in the city, this, this gargantuan of a person. Um, and he has said some things that really have impacted me in a positive way and made me rethink certain situations that we've run up against in the community. Um, he's a great friend. And I want to tell you, a lot of content creators will invite a guest on and allow you to surmise how they got that guest and the force and power of their personality and magnetism got that guest. I'm going to tell you that um, Frank was integral in us getting several guests. Uh, I 
possibly um, Jim Semivan, certainly Gary Nolan. Uh, probably, I don't know if Dr. Pasolka, if we got her on our own or with James's help, but he has helped us get several different guests. Vinny has helped us get several different guests. And we will come on air and tell you that, you know what? We thank this person who went out of their way to put their reputation on the line to get us a guest. And that's kind of how I, I think about James. And that's not even mentioning out-of-body experiences. Uh, one of the uh, foremost authorities, at least in our community, on CE5, who's been able to do it safely, something that a lot of people are very, very wary of messing with, even Debs. Uh, and yet Debs and, and James are great friends. So that's my thoughts on him. What say you, Debs? Um, I think of James as like the big brother everyone wants to have. Like he is, mm -hmm. he's a warm, protective, encouraging force of nature. And he's also extremely selfless. Like I've seen him go without eating to make things go well in the New York conferences. Extremely capable, very knowledgeable. And, um, you know, I've never seen him say a harsh thing to anybody. Like, I can't even imagine it, <laughs> you know? So he's one of the best of us all. And um, truly, we appreciate him. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't say any better than that. Davey, uh, as somebody who, uh, I don't know if you've actually, maybe you've actually met him, but what's your thoughts on James? He's the big brother I wish I had, to borrow Deb's phrase there, but he genuinely is. I've spoken with him twice and on both occasions he really had no reason to speak to me or to know me but he was gracious helpful supportive he's a an absolute force for positivity um we've talked once or twice him and i on matters around yoga and meditation it's an interest and a hobby and a particular area of interest for both of us and one of the things that i really love about james is his idea of maintaining your spiritual health and i know that this is a can be a toxic world a toxic environment and so it's one of the things that always springs to mind when i think about james is what's this doing for my spiritual health so uh james if you're out there keep doing what you're doing man beautiful and he certainly is i don't know see he, if he's involved in this new project or not uh, nathan do you know if he's involved in this new film project i'm sure he will be in, on camera as a minimum right yeah i would think so i, I mean the the here we're talking about um the effort from uh, kelly chase and j christopher king and jordan flowers on on talk on on talkalypse is that right i think i said that mm -hmm. right yes, yes. uh productions and um yeah they're gonna be doing some really cool stuff uh I, I have no doubt james will have some involvement because he's involved in many many things uh the guy is super connected and uh he's this um he's a force for good in, 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 the, in the conversation. So, um, yeah, I guess enough great things about and, him. And, and that's why I call him James. Ah, come <laughs> to praise his name. I and Doldy. That's why I always write that on Twitter. Nailed it. <laughs> anyway. All right. All well, right. here we go with the, uh, with the next clip I've got here. Everyone will recognize this particular guest document research. Hi there. So I have some questions from the audience and quite a few of my own, and I'm going to try to do it as a lightning round in the interest okay. of time. So we're just going to go with uh, asking you to say yes or no, if that's okay. okay. Sure. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Is NASA keeping info from the public related to the UAP topic? 
Yes. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> great one, Debs. <laughs> I like how, you know, yeah. So I, I like how Deb, uh, I guess I'll put me up here. I like how Deb was just like, I got a lightning round and the lightning round was like, it was so beefy. There were so many questions in there. I mean, Deb, it was amazing how you got them all in there. But at yeah. the very end, this is my favorite part. You said, I've got one more question. You asked this. And she's like, well, I actually have one more question. So this is, this is a classic <laughs> Deb. I've got one more question, but I, I, maybe I have one more after that. And uh, he was so gracious to answer those questions. I know that uh, Rick Doty is a polarizing figure in the UFO community. I totally get that. Uh, and I respect that position. You know, I respect that, that some people don't like him. Some people do. Look, the world is a complicated place and people are complicated. <laughs> you know, they live complicated lives. Um, I'm not condoning everything that Rick Doty has done in his life, nor would I want him to condone everything I've done in my life. But I think he's he's someone that uh, we need to at least listen to and evaluate what he's saying in the conversation, uh, because that is a perspective that is a part of the story. And it's it's a big part of the UFO story, the decades and decades of the obfuscation, the cover up, the uh, the, you know, so in some instances, the, the strong arm tactics of, of dampening down the conversation in the wider public. Rick is a part of that, that story. He has a valuable insight to it. And you can decide whether you want to believe him or not. That's not my job. That's your job. You know, I trust that you can use your own judgment and, and navigate this world on your own. Uh, but it was really interesting to have him on the show. Uh, didn't ever think I'd be talking to Rick Doty, uh, not only once, but twice. But then I got to meet him when I was in Blackpool. Uh, which was absolutely surreal. So pretty, pretty wild. But DJ, what what do you want to say about that particular exchange? I, I found him to be very uh, forthright, honest, candid, even apologetic, Nathan, you know, um, when we didn't ask him to be apologetic, you know, right. um, and I think uh, J. Christopher King and I had a dialogue with somebody online regarding this and people will conflate the larger um, UFO, the governmental UFO conspiracy to keep this story where they wanted it to be. And in fact, in, in most cases, nowhere. And his specific mission to lead a target to believe that what he was seeing was UFOs to throw him off the scent of actual classified um, technologies that were being projected up into the sky from Kirtland Air Force Base that he was collecting in a variety of ways. And uh, we're talking Paul Benowitz here is a very intelligent man and was able to see that something was going on. And because he had a belief in UFOs like we do, it would be easy to make somebody like us believe that it was UFOs in that case. Not to mention the fact that there have been UFO uh, uh, landings and sightings at Kirtland Air Force Base prior to that. And perhaps even after that, I don't know, Deb and Nathan would, would probably know that better than I. But uh, we found that we invited him on to hear uh, what he had to say. And a lot of the stuff that he has said has been verified by people like Dave Grush, who are currently have a clearance, um, have an NDA that they're very, very ready to enforce and who was read into more programs than Rick Doty will or. Jim Sammy Van or even Lou Elizondo probably ever would be from a standpoint of just his position, you know? Uh, and, you know, I say that uh, Dave wasn't necessarily read into those back engineering programs 
but he was he said it was like something like 2000 programs he had access to and then people that were within that program decided that they wanted to share that uh, uh information with him as a result of impropriety uh and illegality that they had witnessed uh surrounding those programs so uh but Rick nonetheless gave information that people could say I, I, I don't know if that's true um and now when you listen to Dave Grush well it sounds pretty accurate to me so, a yeah. lot of it. So anyway, Davey. Yeah, polarizing, exactly what you said, much derided. But if you only listen to what you want to hear and the nice stuff, you're only going to get one side of the story. You need to take in all viewpoints, all histories. And this is a man who has been deeply involved in this topic for longer than any of us. And he has seen things and heard things and been involved in things. And again, some of the things he's done, not pleasant. But you can't make an omelette without breaking some eggs. And giving him the platform to speak for people to hear him, to question him and to challenge him as well. Um, fantastic. What I did love about that little clip, though, and I wonder how whether this was something that he'd done deliberately was you couldn't see his eyes, made sure he had his glasses on with a reflection of his screen. So I'm, <laughs> you know, trying to read, is, is he lying? Is he making this up? You could not see his eyes. So maybe that's something they teach you in AFOSI. Mm, yeah. Well, and yet, yet, Davey, Darcy Weir has done two films about just the question that Deb asked, that, that he's brought up several examples of where uh, they've had sightings. And then just recently, didn't somebody um, uh, put out something from, I don't know if it was Apollo 10? where they saw something and were they were basically in, in Apollo 10 orbiting and they're hearing ethereal music that they shouldn't be hearing from inside the craft. Right. So, I mean, there's a, a lot out there that they've covered up. I don't think there's any question about that. So anyway, Nathan, I want to get Deb's take on that. It oh, was, I'm, Deb, was, I'm sorry. It was yeah. her lightning round after all. Yeah. Deb, I'm sorry. Go ahead, buddy. That I'm was, sorry. That was definitely one of my favorite things to do. It's amazing how much information got packed into those six minutes of um, questions. Um, I wish that we always had time to do those and always had that many questions um, because there were so many things that he can share with us. And a lot of people do misunderstand him and they attribute a lot of blame to him for things that other organizations did like NSA um, and don't really understand the history um, of what was going on or how he was trying to protect our country with his job. Um, there's a lot of confusion about it. He is polarizing for that reason. But I think the eagerness to um, redeem himself has motivated him um, considerably to share with us. And, you know, he does put himself at risk sometimes with sharing some of that information. So, yep, just within those six minutes, there's a lot of rabbit holes if anyone wants to go back. And I also want to point out at the beginning of that episode, I invited him to be my BFF, and I'm still <laughs> waiting for that to happen. <laughs> if he's listening. Yeah, you, got it. you got enough BFFs. You got us. But, um, but no, th th that was fantastic, the questions that you asked. And what, what, you're, what uh, she's alluding to right there is that uh, Paul Benowitz was also a target of the NSA and there was actually a, I don't know if I want to say a physical, there was a confrontation between, um, Rick Doty, 
his partner in OSI and the NSA agents that were um, surveilling Paul Benowitz. And Rick had to basically forcefully say, this is our target. Uh, this is our operation of record since X amount of time. And you are impeding our investigation because he had been around Paul. He had been on trips with Paul. He had been camping with Paul. He had been flying with Paul. He had had dinner with Paul. And he knew that these guys were out to try to uh, to possibly arrest Paul Benowitz. And so he really, in that way, did, a, I, I think, a, a, a service. But again, a lot of things, you know, people are going to see with him, uh, what you said, Nathan, what they are, Davey, what they already think about him, but not seeing the whole picture. And I think that's what Deb was alluding to. Yeah. Hello, and Anani T. Bienvenidos. Go ahead. Can I just say that if he didn't come out and tell us what he had done, we wouldn't know the extent of what the government was capable of doing to hide this topic or to mess with people in the UFO community. So that was really important. So just yeah. wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, no so, doubt. He obviously feels bad about it. So Nathan, take uh, it away, brother. All right, here we go. Here's the next one. Nathan, take it away, sir. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I, I did have a prepared question, but I, I want to stay a minute on this experience or topic. And, uh, because it is so important to many people. You've mentioned before you've had uh, some experience in your family uh, and maybe some of your own experience. And we've had a lot of conversations with experiencers uh, through the show. And you probably know how very personal it, it becomes for someone that, that's had an event like this who's seeking answers. And do you, do you have this sense that we, through efforts like your own and, and through what, what we're seeing in, in the public discourse, that we're getting a little closer to some of these answers or are we really just at the very beginning, we're kind of unraveling more questions. What's your sense there? That the government finally, daddy has mm. finally told us <laughs> that it's okay to do this for right. mommy, whatever, you know, if you've got mommy or daddy issues, you know, <laughs> that, you know, all the, all the above. Okay. Um, and that you're, you know, what you're seeing or experiencing has a reality, whatever that reality is. Right, it's validating. And my first question was that um, it's been said that the CIA came to you to do the research related to the brain and to study the, I can't say it. I'm not even going to try to say it. I want to say the, the, gaming, the basal game. <laughs> thank, yeah. thank you. I've tried so hard to say it. I cannot do it. I'm not. Um, on, let's do it. Let's do it now. Caudate. 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 <laughs> Uh, all right, Deb. Uh, can, can, I want to, Deb. Can you say it now? Uh, Caudate Putaman. There we go. Yes. Oh, there you easy, go. Yeah, easy. and let me tell you, having that education from Gary Nolan, that was priceless. And he was ever the professor, so I appreciated mm -hmm. that. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Remember, uh, get your, get your, get the best deal going on the new Chevy Blazer at get at caught a potatoes Chevrolet exactly. in Akron, Ohio. Go see sales manager, Gary Nolan. <laughs> Just take it right after the basal ganglia. Um. <laughs> I still laugh every time I see that part. Every time. I love it's, it. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Uh, it was great to have Gary on the show. And like you said earlier, DJ, he was so uh, ready to participate in some of our shenanigans at the top of the show, which not everybody does, uh, but when they get into it, you can tell they, they started kind of understanding that we're, we're doing a little bit of an atypical show, atypical UFO show. 
And that, that's the whole point to kind of get a little more relaxed, a little less serious, although we, we can easily get serious. And uh, and kind of let's just see where we go. We bounce around in that in that space. Um, I, I found always found Gary to be really engaging and interesting to speak with. And, and he's obviously very passionate about the subject. Uh, he's very confident in what he's doing. Uh, you can tell the guy just doesn't give to you know what's about anybody's opinion. He's he's just going forward. Forward is the only direction he seems to know. And uh, I know he's out at the Soul Conference right now uh, with a bunch of other folks uh, giving giving his thoughts. And uh, I wish him and, and his team on the Soul Group uh, all the best and the work that they're doing. We're not going to hear. We haven't heard the last of Gary Nolan. That, that's that's for sure. There's going to be a lot more from him in the future. And though certainly they're going to be eating some soul food. <laughs> uh, hey. <Sorry>. Anyway. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I, I, I do too. Uh, I'm, it's great that these minds are getting together. Um, and again, uh, what, what we're lacking in the Bigfoot community is that attachment to the, uh, help me, Christopher Mellon, you know, the Lou Elizondo, the David Grush types. Uh, there's, there's probably more that, uh, the, uh, I mean, they do have Hal put off, but, uh, the thing is, is the more current somebody has been in government and still has a clearance and still has contacts, it, it's very helpful. So hopefully the Bigfoot community will get there because I think the progress that, that, that will be made at, at, uh, at, at conferences like this, when you're getting people from different sides of the spectrum together is probably going to yield dividends within the next year. And also probably is being recognized that it's happening on Capitol Hill. Mm. You know, it's harder to ignore when you get academians at this level and so forth uh, gathered at these conferences. It's very difficult for them to say this isn't happening. This doesn't exist. You know, don't see what's going on behind the curtain here. So yeah. he was awesome. And, and I hope that uh, we have Dr. Nolan. Uh, I, I need to, to try to get him on again because he answered our potato chip uh, question that we had. And um, seems like he would want to come on with us again. Agree, Davy. Debs, yeah, Davy. Oh. He's a proper human, isn't he? Mm -hmm. He, like you said at the start, when you guys are being daft and silly, he recognizes that and he has fun. Somebody anon et has just said in the chat that he's one of the few people who's responded to DMs in Twitter, and I have to say he has with me as well. But what I should have done whilst I was watching that, that clip is I should have put my glasses on. Because I noted in one of his early videos that he did when he was filming it in his uh, office at work, he had some Bigelow brand tea bags. And so I sent him a message and saying, was that deliberate? <laughs> and he replied in the DM saying, you have really sharp eyes. There are plenty more like that. So I was just trying to read. There was a bag hanging on a door in the back, in the back of that picture so i was trying to read what was on that so yeah mm. little piece of advice look for the breadcrumbs the tiny little hidden messages in everything that gary nolan does mm. well he's he's irish by birth right didn't he tell us that nathan i think that's right yeah 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 i is. believe he was born in ireland yeah so uh pretty awesome man good good job davy <laughs> go ahead Debs. deb oh, I, I, i'm sorry right. you didn't see that yeah, everybody i, I, oh. I yeah, I'd actually already said something, so I was surprised you called me again. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Any final sorry. thoughts on the Gary Nolan conversation? No, nope. I, I don't have anything, anything much else to say um, okay. than okay. what I said before. He's an excellent. <laughs> that is person. it. We got her. We stumped her, y'all. That's good. All right, okay. so uh, let's go to the next one here. 
Well, that's fascinating to me, especially people's own experience with technology as as being that, you know, as kind of being something like a, a medium floor or even, um, you know, something that helps them, you know, they even have what I call synthetic synchronicities, mm-hmm. synchronicities where, you know, obviously if your phone is listening to you, you'll get stuff that you've been talking about. But what mm-hmm. happens when you just think about stuff and it comes mm-hmm. up, you know? Right. I'm <laughs> but it happens. It happens so much. All right, Deb, thoughts on that one? Well, that one was one that I was in the behind the scenes for, and I was too intimidated to talk to her. <laughs> but I just, <laughs> I think she's an amazing uh, mind, and I can't wait for her to come back and talk to us because I've read both of the books. And um, she really has a very different approach to this topic. She comes from academia. Um, So in her books, if you haven't read them, American Cosmic or Encounters, she's actually educating people as she's um, writing so that they can understand and go on the journey with her. Truly appreciate that. Yes, well, the wait won't be too long because we are having her back on the show November 27th. Very excited to have her. That's uh, right around the corner and right before her talk that she's giving in New York uh, at the uh, uh, the Inquire Anomalous Conference uh, with the, the J. Christopher King and James Iandoli hosts. Uh, so we're really excited to get in, uh, in the conversation with her. Uh, she's been very active lately. Of course, her, her, her second book just came out on Encounters. Uh, which I'm working my way through, really enjoying it. And uh, and she's been very gracious in her willingness to engage in the community just generally. Uh, the fact that she was said yes to our show uh, back then when our show was a lot smaller, uh, it really meant a lot to us. And I think we had a, a fascinating conversation with her. Uh, we need more folks like Diana Pasolka and more folks like Gary Nolan willing to step out to say, look, there's something worth studying here. Uh, they're not coming out saying they know what it is. They're just saying there is something here that, that is interesting, that is worthy of attention, worthy of conversation. Here's how they take their discipline of understanding and apply it to whatever it happens to be. Uh, we, we've got to have that kind of conversation, hopefully moving that, uh, that ball forward. Uh, and she was just a, you know, just a great guest, really, really fun to chat with and, and very, very personable. So very excited to have her back. She is courageous because whether she's tenured or not um, tenured is immaterial because it can cause problems in one's among one's peers in academia to come out and speak this way about something that people think some people think is silly. They think it's non-existent. Uh, they don't think it's worth studying because it's not part of our consensus reality. And uh, and this one. Hey, what's up, Carolina? What's up, Holmes? Welcome. We're going to see you soon uh, next month. Um, but, um, yeah, the fact that, like you said, that she would come on a show that uh, was not, you know, we're not as well known. We're not in the invisible college like uh, James's. We don't have the invisible airplane like Wonder Woman uh, and all those sorts of things. But we had a great dialogue with her. And I just feel I, I really admire people you know, an uh, in intellectual courage and personal courage. You know, Diane is an example of that, the same way that Gary is and the same way that Christopher and Lou and David are. And so, yeah, it, it, it really was, was awesome in that she said she would come on another time. Last time she had to cancel 
Um, she's done a number of shows and frankly, uh, Nathan and I and Debs are going and, and even, uh, primetime are going to have to meet and dig deep, um, to try to get inside the areas, um, of how this really makes her feel because it's very difficult to do that. She's willing to put herself in the arena, um, to talk about it. Uh, but it's very difficult to um, to give answers that are beyond academic. But we'll try to go there with her if that's okay with her and if she wants to go there. But um, yes, we're we're honored and um, we can't wait to have this uh, discussion with her. It's going to bear bear some some study and preparation. All three of us are reading her book and um, bring it on. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Davy Diana is a, a big name in the community. What, what are your thoughts on, on her efforts right now? Yeah. Again, as you said, she's putting herself out there and the work that Deb and I do um, normally on a, at this time on a Saturday evening here in the UK with UAP med, we need more people, more academics, more credentialed people with an interest in the topic, with the subject to come forward and speak about it and also to bring alternative viewpoints and to bring fresh ideas to it as well so we're starting to see that drip drip feed of additional academics and credential scientists come forward just need to see more and what she does is is fantastic for for bringing that forward so uh yeah and i'm looking forward to listening in on the 27th really can't wait debs did you oh you didn't you already talked about this one that's right you said <laughs> that you're in the background you're probably feeding us some questions which is helpful she, she will not be in the background i did i asked no yeah i was asking about the invisible college because i wanted my card but i couldn't find it when it came in the mail. <laughs> it's also not visible it's near my invisible <laughs> my invisible check that i'm looking for um all right so uh here's a little clip i took from one of our our british invasions that i just enjoyed doing uh, so much so let's take a look <laughs> it's good to have you back. So that is your fifth beetle. We didn't want to leave Peter Best out. Uh, uh, we wanted to recognize him, and, and I, I thought we did that. We have Ringo Starr just up. If you look up to the right, uh, your to your right, Max, <laughs> you have uh, Ring yeah, that's Ringo Starr up there. But <laughs> <laughs> took all your royalties. <laughs> I'm. All right. So British invasion. That was great to see. Uh, Max, of course, is in the chat. Max is on that invasion. They, uh, Maxi Frank had to peace out. Uh, I know some of you were wondering what happened to him. Uh, he had he had a limited amount of time to be with us. So we're so grateful he was able to spend some time with us. Those shows are super fun. Uh, we've got another one that is in the works uh, that we're going to be doing. And it's a chance for us to bring uh, a lot of different voices to the conversation from across the pond, as they say. And uh, and we, we kind of playfully pit these two groups of people against one another uh, to get them having that conversation around similar topics. And then we kind of take a vote on which, which group handled the topics uh, the best way. Of course, on our show, everyone's a winner. Everyone is a winner. But uh, it's a really, really fun time. And I'm looking forward to doing that and making that a continuing tradition as part of the show. I think Davey's the one that took it over the top. On that one, didn't he, Nathan? I think those guys won that one. Oh yeah, crushed so, it. I believe, I believe so. But um, yeah, we endeavor to do another one. Next one is going to be uh, yes and the who. Excuse me, yes and um, uh, traffic. The Steve Winwood's one of Steve Winwood's bands. 
So Dave Smethers, uh, in theory, will talk about yes. So we're going to play uh, a video of um, yes, and we're going to play a video of traffic. Dave is going to talk about yes, uh, East Anglia's own amaz- a band so far ahead of their time, like probably 15 years ahead of their time, which in music is a lifetime, really. Um, and I'm not going to give away my thoughts on that. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait till um, till that show, but I'm going to bring up something that when you hear it, you're probably going to go, wow, like I never thought of that. So um, and that, that I mean, that's what I think is going to be your reaction when I when I uh, draw this this contrast. Um, so anyway, yeah, we we endeavor to and I'll talk about uh, Steve Winwood in traffic. Steve Winwood is ridiculous. He's timeless. Um, so, yeah, British invasion. Love it. Uh, looking forward to that. Um, let's go ahead and go jump in the, the next clip. I got just a few left and then, and then we'll kind of close out the show. So, uh, yep. this one is with our, our good friend, James Fox. Cautiously optimistic that, uh, you know, um, there's more fascinating stuff to come and did I ever think that I was going to make a documentary on, an alleged UFO crash and live beings walking through the town of Virginia. If you'd have told me that 10 years ago, Jesus, like 15 years ago, that it would be not met with a high level of, of, of uh, criticism. Mm. I, I wouldn't have believed it. You think would. Uh, yeah. I mean, who would, uh, who would believe it? Right. It's crazy that we're, we're in <laughs> a place now where uh, that conversation has, has brought us to being able to talk about, these uh, incidents that have occurred in, in places outside of the U.S. with a lot of witnesses, a lot of amazing testimony. Uh, I know there was, uh, you know, James Fox can be a controversial figure in the community as well. Um, here's a guy who's one of the hardest working people out there in terms of creating content, uh, interviewing people, doing a lot of it on his own dime, uh, trying to put, put together, you know, compelling uh, pieces of art, basically, to tell the story of what, what's going on, things that are taking place. And, uh, you know, there are people out there who just sort of sit, sit from home from the comfort of their keyboard and, you know, like, like, like to take swipes at the guy that, you know, well, he promised us this, he promised us that, where's this, where's that? Yeah, uh, right. I, I, I don't think they paid that close attention. I, I never heard James promise anything. I think he was always very optimistic that he would get something based on conversations he had been having. Uh, but, you know, as we all know, it's, it's just difficult to pry some of this data out of the hands of, of the individuals and the, and the agencies that happen to be holding on to it. And he's trying to hold them to account. Uh, he's done some of the most compelling work in the UFO community that you'll, that you'll find. Uh, for many people, documentaries from James Fox are the on-ramps to the topic. Uh, the phenomenon still one of the best documentaries to introduce someone to, to the topic that is out there. So we're really excited to have him with us and I can't wait to have him back. Nathan, I want to ask you the, the bandana around the neck. Is that not the most directorial of looks it's like, like right how necessary the- in your mind? Is that the bandana around the neck? Yeah. I don't think people know this, but um, you can't actually do the camera work without it because what it, what it does is it, it adds a little bit of stability to to the the clavicle. I know people don't I understand it. that, but it's it's just that little bit of weight adjustment that, that, that alleviates the back pain when the camera work is happening. Yeah, just a little bit I of knew there, information. He, he totally and I knew there was a technical reason. He just looks like a director. I mean, but no, all all kidding aside, uh, I want to pick up on the point. 
um, first of all, that he was such a regular guy and giving of his time, just like TJ Allard. Mm. You know, we could we could probably do 10 minutes. TJ Allard, just, mm-hmm. you know, very, very chill guy. Come on, just a very regular guy. And that's what James was. I want to, you know, as we continue to talk about sacrifice and people putting themselves out there at the risk of financial gain, James is another one. Do you think that if he went to other lines of endeavor in the film industry, that he would be making more money now than he would chasing around UFOs and having, as Nathan said, putting his own dime into some of these projects like Doug Highcheck is doing in Bigfoot and having to do Kickstarters and things. Um, These people have sacrificed just in the same way that Luis Elizondo has and um, uh, David Grush and Diana Pasolka and, you know, Christopher Mellon, who probably has colleagues who think that, um, uh, Davey, you know, to use one of your words, maybe they'll, they think he's a bit tardy or whatever for, for, uh, for taking on this topic. I believe people like uh, James are as well. You know, Seth Breedlove and, and, and you know, Doug Highcheck and uh, uh, Darby, uh, who we had. It, am I saying his name right? Is it Darcy? Darcy, Darcy Weir. Uh, Darcy Weir and, and James Fox. So, yeah, thank you, James Fox, for doing what you – you don't owe us a damn thing. You're doing the best that you can um, to, to bring as much attention to this topic going – and jetting over to interview people on the spot when when something happens. I mean, who do you think pays for that? You think he there's some corporation giving him money to do that? He's paying for that. So, yeah, I agree with you, Nathan. Yeah, great stuff there. Um, Deb. Yeah, I got to meet James in New York, and he has this exuberant, almost youthful energy when it comes to this topic. He was... Um, humble, um, determined to get information. He was asking questions um, at the conference in New York, the inquiry. Um, and I just felt like he was um, an appealing person. Um, and I really appreciate the fact that he went to a different country to look at this topic and really thoroughly investigated because we don't acknowledge enough that this is not just, you know, the United States or, you know, in some cases we obviously talk to the UK. It's not just the Western, you know, side to this. There's like a lot of countries, like all the countries are involved in this topic. So I appreciate that he did that. It was pretty brave. And um, it was a great movie moment of contact for those who have not seen it. Yeah, I've got both of them. And Huge. phenomenon is like still my jam. Davey, so, how is he seen in the UK? Personally, I love the guy to pieces, partly because at, uh, earlier this year in Manchester, I was present when he was um, awarded with a Lifetime Achievement Award. And then afterwards, courtesy of our good friend, Disclosure Team Vinny, we drank lots of whiskey into the wee small hours until the hotel bar asked us to leave. So James is my man. Awesome. Hats off for that. And then the other thing, and again, this is one of these things we forget because we get really insular in our little UFO world and it can become an echo chamber. Hmm. But I was talking with a colleague at work the other day and I'm totally open about the other podcast, my interest in this topic. I've got UFO stickers on the back of my laptop. When I go into corporate meetings, people see them, they ask the question. And somebody said to me, what is this? And I explained, it's it's one of 
disclose your team sticker. It's a UFO thing. And he went, oh, I'm terrified of aliens. Mm. Absolutely terrified of aliens. And I said, tell me why. Where's this come from? Is it a film you watched? He said, no. I went out with a Brazilian girl. She was from Virginia. Wow. Wow, man. Wow. Wow. Someone who, (laughs) yeah, I'm sure it must have terrified that community. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that fear that Mm. she'd experienced growing up in the town where this happened. And he, you know, he, he's now, whoa, these are scary real things. Yeah. Never underestimate the power of these kind of things around, you know, into the the general populace. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So true. So true. Yeah. I'm so glad we have James. He's, he's huge. Uh, And he's not done. And the guy just, he's, he's tireless. So. Nathan, can, can you think of a better representative of the UFO community that you would want to spend a few hours at a bar with James Fox than Davey? Oh no, man. I, yeah, I, that, that <laughs> like, sounds like an amazing evening. Like sign me up for yeah. that. So whenever, whenever <laughs> we can do that, Davey, let, let's make that happen. That sounds fantastic. Definitely. And we'll invite Melissa Tittle cause she was there as well. Cause we'd already taken her to the cosmic cantina bar as well. So <laughs> nice. <There> we <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So we got a couple more left here. Uh, this one is with Jeff Kripal be a good sort of uh, rubric to use to or think about how we might bring these folks together what learnings might you have from uh, from professor x or your own studies there yeah so i do talk about the x-men mythology a lot i i love it um i try to inhabit the mythical role of professor xavier so the the projection is not just a projection it's a <laughs> it's it's it's, a, it's what i call a midlife regression you know it's back, <laughs> back, back to 10 years old is what it is um, all right so i had to get that little clip because again just illustrating like how f- the kind of fun that we can have on the show and the fun that the guests can have on the show when they really get into the conversation. Jeff Kripal, of course, is amazing. Uh, one of the few people I know who can rival DJ's shirt game. Uh, you know, it's 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 absolutely incredible. Uh, the guy's an amazing intellect. Uh, he's a very compassionate person. Um, he's a very engaging individual, uh, you know, full of grace, uh, easy to approach. And I got a chance to meet him in New York and it was just the nicest guy. So you know, keep, keep your eyes on, on what, what he's doing. Uh, and Jeff is uh, continuing to kind of push this conversation further into the academic space through what he does at Rice University uh, and, and the connections that he's making uh, there. So uh, very, very, very excited to have him in, in the community and be a, a vocal a proponent of the UFO subject. Um, what, what about you, DJ? Uh, first of all, I want to say welcome, uh, Fire in the Sky, and thank you very much. We do appreciate it on the 100. Um, and about um, Jeff Kripal, I'm going to say one thing about him, and that's all I'm going to say. And that is that when he was on the show and Matt told him of a paranormal experience, and you know, you, you, as everybody here has alluded to, we have joking moments of the show. Nathan will say something funny, or I might say something funny, or Deb has said things that are funny. Uh, and we sort of have a sine wave of the show. When Matt shared that, how he was affected as a child growing up in a house with paranormal activity that was scary, the way that Jeff Kripal took care to become a counselor and listen to what Matt was telling him and then respond in the way that Deb might have responded if it, if it with a patient 
was a beautiful moment in the show. And I, and I will, I I'll forever be thankful to it in all the in, intelligent conversation and interesting conversation we had. That was the moment that struck me is that this guy cares about one of my cabbies and what he has to say and responded in a way that made Matt feel cared about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. Deb. Yeah. I, we can't understate those shirts. He has some fascinating shirts, <laughs> first of all. Um, but I think what's really big about Jeff Kripal is not only does he contribute to the academic conversation, but he brings other academics and he gives them permission to do their work. Um, in fact, he um, highlights it. He puts it on stage. You know, he gets videos made about it. Um, he uh, and he he makes it. A conversation that they can have and that is so important um so we cannot say enough about how important that is these days more and more people need to be able to have the conversation mm-hmm. so yeah. you're here davey i know you're a huge proponent of that uh, kind of widening the the space the conversation can take place in definitely and that idea of allowing people to have those conversations there's a uh, a a, a scenario that gordon white the host of room soup often puts out there which is that you're a party or a barbecue or a bar and you're talking to somebody about the topic where do you send them what do you give them to read what do you give them to watch and certainly moment of contact might be one of those but for me hands down every time starter for 10 go away and read the flip by jeffrey kripal it will wherever you're coming at at this topic from Mm -hmm. whatever your starting point that's a great entry point, a really good grounding, academic, theoretical, but again, relevant to, to everybody. So, yeah, thank you, Jeffrey, for putting that together. It's um, it's one that I buy people as birthday presents and Christmas presents. Go away and read that and then come back to me. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Um, all right, we got a couple more here. I think just three left, but I, I want to get this one in here because it was a fun show to do uh, with the Navajo Rangers. Uh, so here's DJ cutting it up a little bit. You, you got to admit, though, Stan, like when you think about somebody has to go to a coin laundromat, you know, if you would have had that plus the vending machines, it could have been a really good situation to have those turn up in your house. Right. You're like, I got to go to the coin laundromat. I know it's like two dollars a machine, dollar fifty for the dryer. Then you have the soda. You want to get some Fritos and stuff. This could have been a good situation when you think about it. Have you seen any? All right. <laughs> I, let me, let me, that, you need some, some uh, pretext for that. No, 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 please is, is, put the context on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nathan, I, I need you and Debs to back me up on that. Davey, I don't know if you saw this episode, but basically uh, what had happened was um, they were doing a paranormal investigation and they had quarters like appearing in the room. They had evidence Ziploc bags full of quarters but more quarters. I don't know where they were appearing from. Do you guys remember? Just out of the air. They were like, they were, yeah. they were a ports, you know, they were, they were appearing from nothing uh, in, in, in the room that he was in and falling onto the floor. Mm-hmm. Something that's, you know, pretty scary, especially since there's a, this audible component to it. And when he shared, you know, cause we asked him, about, I think one of us asked him about the hitchhiker effect and they said, Oh, the, the, there was some hitchhiker effect, you know, and that didn't stop them from going and investigating these things. They just, you know, 
gathering evidence bags. But yeah, so I was asking him that, hey, you know what? Having these quarters, this could be very valuable if you need to go to a coin laundromat. So that that was the context there. So yeah, yeah, totally. No, the, the, those guys were great. Uh, Stan and John, just really personable, nice guys, uh, you know, continuing to have this conversation and, and, and a, an important part of the conversation too, because it's, it's that Native American history that, uh, you know, is, I think has a, a better way of integrating these experiences into their worldview than, than we do in, in sort of the, the modern, uh, you know, physicalist materialist paradigm, enlightenment science paradigm. Uh, so there's a lot to be learned from those ancient traditions and understandings of the world of our place in the world, our place in the cosmos. Uh, so it's just so, so good to have a chat with them about their encounters. Um, we got a little bit of time left. I want to make sure we get to these last two clips. So sure. obviously we've got uh, Lou Elizondo here, um, one of one of our, our highest uh, seen episodes. So here we go. Thing on open source that you say, wow, yeah. that's that's credible. Yeah, and, and the problem with it is is that, that the government recognizes it. Um, there are some very authentic UAP images. When people say, oh, they're all grainy and blurry. No, they're not. <laughs> There's some that are really clear and are very authentic um, because we can look at the date and timestamp and the metadata on the video. We can then correlate that to any other type of assets that may be in the area. And, you know, we're, it turns out that, yeah, we're picking something up that came across, you know, let's say the Pacific ocean. And all of a sudden someone in San Diego goes, I had this real funny light doing these weird things in the backyard. And all of a sudden you realize, Ooh, man, they got it on camera. Um, yeah. There, there are some very, very, there's one in particular, a, a, a I probably can't talk about it, um, but there's one uh, of a triangle, um, and it's at night, and it's uh, not just three points of light. I mean, you can see the skin of the aircraft. Uh, you can see a lot, and uh, to the point where some of our folks were like, well, we, should we take it off, off of the internet? No, don't take it off the internet. <laughs> Leave it up. You know, that's not your video to take down. That's a private citizen's, you know, and yes, they got a great video of a UAP, congratulations, you know, we should probably give them an award. Don't, don't take the video down. All right. That was, uh, you know, that really kicked off a lot of, uh, internet sleuthing. I recall when that was, uh, when that interview aired, uh, I think that sleuthing is still taking place to be honest with you. There's still people trying to track down. What is the clip he's talking about? Uh, you know, it's, it's this elusive black triangle. Uh, I feel like of all of the UFO shapes, the black triangle has this, really deep psychological impact on, uh, on the human you know, psyche. And um, I don't know what I would do if I would see one. I think it would definitely arrest my understanding of, of the world and, and give me a great deal of pause. So that was a, a really generous of him to share that with us. Um, and that was also Lou's last podcast uh, sort of appearance for, for I guess, even till now. He's not done a show since then. Uh, so it was great for him to spend some time with us and, and share some parting thoughts. Uh, but DJ, what what do you think about when you think of that clip and, and that, that particular episode? Well, we asked Lou if he would dress up in some uh, authentic Cuban clothing. And true to Gary Nolan and Jeff Kripal and some others that have, uh, and Doug Heichek that have played along, he wore a Gallabera shirt, which is a, a traditional uh, Cuban shirt. I I think I was wearing one too because I went and bought a purple one for that 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 show. Uh, and he also wore his fedora hat, which is also um, commonly seen on the streets of Calle Ocho in uh, Miami, which is uh, 8, 8th Street down there in Little Havana. 
beautiful place if nobody's ever been there to go and have a coffee and eat and sample some fresh fruit and some danish you'll just love it um and obviously cuban sandwich but uh, lou lou was fantastic um I, I i often tell people despite the fact that shared military background i don't i'm not as close with him as perhaps Vinny or dan or some others but i do get to uh chat with him on um on uh uh I forget what's that thing that we use, Nathan Signal. Yeah. And um, he's uh, just a fantastic person. We got to meet his wife, Jennifer, before. Um, now he's, you know, he's actually showed her. But back then he wasn't showing uh, her face because of the doxing and things that uh, people had done uh, going doxing his family and, and researching his family and so forth. But uh, he's a wonderful person and a uh, someone who sacrificed a lot. Uh, for this topic uh, in terms of real money that he gave up to advocate for this actual paychecks um, that uh, won't, won't be recovered by just being a contractor and getting a paycheck. Now it won't be a retirement check in perpetuity at the level that it would have been had he said, ah, screw it and just stayed in place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. It was an honor to have him. Deb. I'm still trying to educate people after that episode. There were some head scratchers. Um, unfortunately, a lot of people misunderstood some things that were said. And I think that it was a good example of what happens sometimes in the UFO community. Uh, people come forward. They put all, they're all into this topic. And then someone wants to pick things apart and misunderstand what was said. Um, but that aside... I do appreciate that he came. And I think the countdown is now that we have four years to go before he comes back, right? Because <laughs> I, because at the time I said, if you come back in five years, <laughs> now I think we're at four. So hopefully he'll come back and visit us again. Yeah, totally. Davey. He's a man whose name will be writ large in the history of this topic for years to come. As uh, DJ said, the amount he has sacrificed the, uh, the way he's put himself forward and um, the risk he's put himself under as well to do it is wonderful. But watching that particular clip, I wasn't really listening to what he was saying, if I'm totally honest, because I was looking at the skateboard in the background because being a skateboarder <laughs> myself yep. of many years ago, I was trying to work out, and it occurred to me, of course, that it was one that Vinny had given him. So that's there right. we go. Yep, that's right. Yeah, not all the, all the folks know that, that the skateboard belongs to Vinny Adams, our good friend. Um, all right, last clip. And I, 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 this is the last clip. Again, we I could have clipped another hour's worth of things yeah. from our shows. There's so many really great nuggets, and and to comb through them all and like find them would be really challenging. Uh, but it's nice, nice when you have a wealth of great material like that to 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 choose from. Uh, but the last one I'm going to share is one that has been shared, uh, I think, really widely uh, in in the community because it was so uh, you know sort of genuine bombastic off the cuff uh raw and and fun so uh, here we go with uh with jim semivan it's it's not about 22 million dollars and the pentagon has a ufo program it's about there's an entity out there there's some kind of non-human intelligence that's living with us on this fucking planet i'm sorry i'm getting all wound up it, that's the story and she said they wouldn't let me run it like that Hmm. And, and and it's still very very difficult so i give the new york times a, a lot of credit uh for running this story 
but for but for missing the big point, we're not alone. Yeah, we're not alone. Uh, that was a really candid moment from uh, you know sort of ex CIA uh, officer uh, Jim Simivan. Uh, <laughs> he was great. He was really great. Really excellent to talk to. Uh, it's funny. I mean, you've got kind of your dog whistles in the UFO community. You know, you you say someone was CIA. You say someone. Uh, you know, makes money. You say someone, whatever, it like sends people off off a cliff on on edge because they they think that there's something you know broken about that person. But I found Jen to be incredibly authentic, uh, to be a person who's just trying to figure this out like the rest of us, uh, who just happens to work in the government. I mean, what a surprise! There are real people who work in these government agencies what? that live. Yeah, real people like like you and I who you know li- are your neighbors or, or your parents or your siblings, and and they have interests just like you and I have interests and. And they have a, a deep curiosity. And, and Jim, of course, isn't just a curious person and, and a really skilled individual to do what he did, but he's had an experience. He's had a very profound experience that has changed his life, the life of his wife, uh, and, and kind of propelled him to, to advocate for this uh, topic in, in a more uh, in a visible public way. He's got skin in the game. And uh, we owe a lot to Jim Semivan, the work that he's done, the work that he did with TTS. Uh, to get that conversation going uh, with all those other folks. And I just love that uh, quote. You know, he's just off the cuff, letting her fly. And uh, I think everybody can relate to that. If you've had an experience like, like that, it's it's real. It's a real thing that you can't shake. You can't just like, uh, you know, make it this academic uh, pursuit that that is safe on a piece of paper. It's a real thing that is happening in, in the world that we inhabit. And he made that very clear. Uh, what about you, DJ? It's interesting that he said that uh, this, there was a certain story that Leslie Kane wanted to tell and could not tell due to the constraints that her editors put on her. But nonetheless, look at she got that to- she got the topic out there, and now the discussion is being had, and it was it it got out there on the biggest print uh, media and biggest newspaper that we have left in our country. Not to say that's not to degrade any of the other amazing. Uh, papers out there from the Baltimore Sun to the, you know, Los Angeles Times and uh, the Chicago uh, Daily News, et cetera. You know, there, there, there's a lot of great papers, but the New York Times is a paper of renown. And and Leslie didn't get to tell the story uh, regarding Jim. You saw his emotion there. He's not only a CIA operative, which is slightly different than being a CIA officer and analyst like John. He was a field operative, someone who put himself in harm's way uh, out in the field in foreign countries to collect intelligence uh, on other countries more than likely. Um, and as Nathan said, if you went to a PTA meeting in Langley, Virginia, there's a pretty good chance that uh, the man standing in the room there with you, it could be from the CIA or could be from the FBI uh, counterterrorism unit. Or if your kids go to school in Damneck, there could be a guy from SEAL Team 6, uh, that is in your PTA meeting, but they're just people, uh, like he said, your neighbors, just like everybody else that have feelings. Uh, these are the people that are coming out and telling David Grush, Hey, we have a program. I obviously I have an NDA. Obviously I'm, I, I'm signed into this program, but there are illegalities going on here that Congress needs to know about. So, I mean, who are those people? They're us. They're people just like us. It just so happens that they took a different path career path uh jim uh i was chatting with him uh online the other day about getting tom 
So we'll see if we can get Tom regarding Jim. He is not ready to do podcasts right now. And I just told him that cab, I and the cabbies are your friend. If you never uh, come on again, we don't care. We have your back and we appreciate what you've done. And um, we'll always have your back. Um, if, if no, if neither he nor Tom ever comes on, it doesn't matter. He gave of his time to join us and hear a conversation with us. He had a great connection with Debs, um, and really kind of changed his tone and tenor on a certain issue as a result of what, uh, the, the passion that Deb exuded in that interview. That's what I have to say about Jim. We, we really appreciate, uh, him coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Huge. Deb. Yeah, I think people um, miss so many things about him because they just get caught up in the government employee thing, you know, but he's also um, one of the integral parts of To The Stars. Um, He was one of the people that helped push this topic into the public eye. Tom DeLong gets a lot of credit for that, but Jim was there too. Um, And he's an experiencer and he has put himself under examination for that. Um, So that's a big deal. You know, there's a lot that he's doing and for him to bravely come out and state his views on non-human intelligence like that, that's a big deal. But I have to point out one of my favorite things about that episode was one of our co-hosts and our friend, John Ramirez. And that was one of the things I really loved that he was there with us asking those questions um, and, you know, again, it's a big deal to be a former government employee and to um, face the whole world with your viewpoint on NHI. So let's give him some credit for that. Absolutely. Yeah, heck yeah. That's what Fire in the Sky is talking about here is that it was great to have Jim and John on the same episode. John was kind enough to join us as a guest co-host on there. We love John Ramirez. Uh, and we really appreciate his multifaceted approach and angle that he looks at uh, at the phenomenon from. So, yeah, that was uh, that was something else. It really was. And um, as you said, Deb, t- uh, Tom would not have been able to do what he did without the Steve Justices and and Jim Semi Vans and the Lou Elizondos. You you know, we really need these guys to. To, to add this air of legitimacy to what we're talking about. And thankfully, um, he's down for the cause. So, Davey. I get goosebumps watching that clip. Because this is a man who, as you said, has been a field operative. He's worked in the most stressful, covert situations you could possibly imagine. And yet he cannot control his emotions when he's talking about this topic. It has such an impact huge impact on him that it's changed the direction of his life and he's so open about it and he is as he describes everybody who's involved in this topic we're on a journey together we're moving together we're trying to find the answers and he is a true part of the community yeah well said yeah uh, it's you know we're a fortunate community to have so many incredible voices like Jim uh, and and many others, many that we show, we highlighted on the show today uh, that our community is, is rich with these voices and experiences and advocates. And, and I think that's why we're seeing so much momentum occur. Uh, You know, we've got people from all walks of life uh, from, from all backgrounds really 
putting their necks out there, willing to have this conversation and push it forward into the public sphere. And I think we're seeing it happen. It's a, it's a wild time to be alive. Uh, it's certainly not anything I had on my bingo card uh, when I was growing up, although I think I would have said it would, would have been cool, uh, but I wouldn't have imagined it would be anything like what it has become. Uh, and I would not have said, uh, I would not have imagined it would have impacted me in, in, the, in the way that it has on a personal level. Uh, you know, it's one thing to sort of be fascinated in sort of the, the science fiction aspects of a UFO. Uh, it's another thing entirely to have it rewrite your understanding of who you are and, and what your place is in the world and your connection to other individuals, your connection to the universe. These are the sort of conclusions uh, that I have come to in my pursuit of this of this conversation, and uh, what a wonderful thing! What what an amazing thing to 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 do and to to experience and to share that with someone. Uh, that's why I'm, I'm I'm a passionate person about this, and I, I get upset when people try to shut it down and try to uh, you know, sort of say, "Oh, we shouldn't be talking about that. It's entirely it's too fantastical. It's not you know all these are just made up stories." Uh, I don't want to live in a world that is uh, reduced to sort of a narrow lens. I'd rather live in a world that that takes a wide perspective and suspends belief a little bit because we don't have all the answers and we never will. And no human being, no culture, no period in history has ever had the corner on that market. Uh, so let's not delude ourselves in thinking that we've we've arrived there now. Uh, so, so don't don't get too up uh, up on your high horse because you know one day someone in the future is going to look back at you and say how foolish you were. So let, let's all be humble. Let, let's all have that beginner's mind and be willing to grow and, and explore this subject. And, and I don't think we could do that without these amazing champions that, that have uh, stepped forward in the way that they have and brought this conversation uh, into the public consciousness in the way that they have. And that and that that's getting started, right? We're just getting started. It's going to be even more fascinating in the, in the months to come. Personal risk. Do you think that that guy is part of forums of former operatives that probably say, "Hey, Jim, what are you doing, man? Mm, yeah, what are you doing? You think that hasn't happened, right? I will bet you it has. I will bet you it has. Those guys are on LinkedIn. They know what mm -hmm. they know what he's doing. Um. It, uh, it it really has been uh, an incredible ride, and uh, we've more to do and more fun to have. Um, we're lucky that uh, people like Davey have decided to jump on and and join in the ride with us. You know, I see Mick in in the chat. You know, he doesn't really care what time of night it is; he'll jump on with us. I just want to make sure you're getting proper rest uh, out there, Mick. Um, <laughs> Julie. Uh, once again, you know, you're part of several different shows, um, the, uh, uh, spaced out radio with our, our friend Dave, uh, among others, the UAP med. And, um, thank you, Julie, for, for being here and deciding that you wanted to be part of this. Uh, with that, uh, parting, parting shots, let's go around the room. Davey. I think when I first spoke to you guys, one of the questions was, "Where where's this going to go? How quick do you think things are going to move? Well, things are keeping moving. Mm -hmm. Probably quicker than I would have anticipated, having been you know, interested in studying this topic for nearly well, over 30 years now. But I just say, keep the momentum. Keep an open mind, but not so open that the wind blows through. Mm -hmm. Love that. Love that. Heathcliff!
my man. So good. <laughs> yeah. I think that this episode ended up being a celebration of all these lovely people that have come to share with us today. Um, and I wanted to say that without those people and without DJ driving the cab and Nathan navigating and Jules directing traffic and some of us putting gas in the cab, we wouldn't be enjoying the ride. So I'm glad that all of those people have contributed. This is a joint effort. Please, um, for all those who are listening, just remember you are welcome to come and speak to us as well. Um, we love to have these conversations. Um, I think it's a crucial thing for humanity to recognize as part of itself. Um, and thank you. And that's what it's all about right there. I, I've already said a lot. I don't want to say too much more other than just I'm so grateful to have uh, you guys as a show partners that you, you've given me strength to have this conversation. Uh, I get excited to do these shows. I get excited to see who we're going to talk to next. Uh, it's, it's a really cool thing to be a part of. And we've, we've built something, in my opinion, that's very valuable. And, uh, and we're voices in the community that are pushing for the kind of space that we would want to be a part of. Uh, a place where we feel welcome and a place where we treat everybody with dignity. And we live in a day where we don't have that, where it's hard to find. And uh, you know, there's some have said, called it a crisis of meaning. And I, I certainly have felt that. And to, to start working on that and to build that and to be intentional about creating communities of meaning where people are treated with respect and dignity, that's one of the best things we can be doing right now. I don't care what your topic of interest is. You know, it could be anything, but to, to, to put some effort into that and to, to try to really relate to your fellow human being and connect with them and see yourself in them, that that's what we're here for. Uh, so I look forward to doing more of that as we continue to drive this car down the road. And uh, and I, I look forward to uh, the, the next episode, the next guest, the next Davey, the, ne the next, uh, you know, whoever that will have to be a participant in this ongoing conversation. It's a true pleasure. Yeah, if, if you think that we're not human and that we haven't been hurt by people in the community, we have, uh, all of us have, but we choose not to thrust a virtual sword into the ether at that person or persons. We just choose to celebrate having fun uh, about the topic and having fun with one another and uh, being positive ourselves, as difficult as that could be at times to be human. And to have the conversation and Nathan throws down something that may be very difficult to swallow that in the span of our lifetime, we may never have the answer while we're alive it may happen after we're alive or maybe it, maybe it won't happen uh, ever. I, we, you know, I, it's, it's hard to say, but it's something that you have to think about when, uh, you know, Lou gives a five year span and then you have uh People, you know, Nathan's in contact with people that are in contact with the phenomenon. We have people like Julie who contact the phenomenon and that suggests that, you know, maybe we're not going to have the answers, but we're going to have a whole lot of fun uh, talking about it, theorizing about it, sharing ideas, sharing ideas, because we don't know. So we can sort of think about these creative ways and and use our singular human approach that we have because we don't have another approach that we can use, but we could try to guess how these other intelligence may see things um, in the absence of being able to communicate with 
them ourselves and hey we're not dead yet so that might still happen right Davy and Nathan and Debs could be the next three that are able to make contact the way that some of our really good friends have been able to make that contact and get some some ideas and and while getting those ideas Nathan has that skeptical part of him that will be sure not to put 100% stock in in what he learns because he doesn't know the motives therein. Mm-hmm. So with that, um, I am honored uh, to be part of this group and to have them choose to be on a team with me and have me as a teammate. And um, long may we run. So uh, with that, thank you everybody that came in the chat and everybody who's enjoyed the show. We enjoy you and we appreciate you. We don't take you for granted, just like we don't take one another for granted. And the beautiful thing about this is despite anything negative that you've seen on Twitter or X, you can make friends for life here. And I have real friends. And for that, I am blessed because I'm always looking to make another friend. I'll never have too many friends. So thank you so much for Davey, for Debs. Uh, for Nathan, this is DJ saying peace out, one love. We'll see you down the road. And as always, we're wondering what's up around the bend. <laughs>